last time on role players are one hey actually you don't have to do that uh this week i'm gonna i'm gonna take over you can you got the week off what really oh that's such a relief I've, my, my my voice has grown quite hoarse having to do all these intros for so long um <clears throat> thank you for freeing me from my servitude yep you're welcome hey everyone Joe McGirl here. Pretty good bit right there to start you guys off. Hi, uh, this is Joe McGirl, uh, the Dungeon Master, uh, Game Master, Game Boy, Story Boy, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm the dude in charge of uh, role players are wonderful for this uh, iteration, season, whatever you want to call it. And I just wanted to sort of do like a little recap show or best of whatever you want to call it uh we sort of just wrapped up our first major arc the campaign that we're running here in um dungeons and dragons and i thought it would be a good idea to get everybody all kind of caught up and with with the story we're telling so far maybe you know you're a first time listener and you don't want to listen to 20 some hours of uh D &D podcast to get caught up i understand that can be daunting or maybe you're a uh, uh, a long time listener and you want to get a friend introduced um, you can show them this episode and they can just pick right back up when we start uh, with our next um, I guess part of the campaign whatever uh, I'm not good at talking so I'm just going to uh, let the theme song roll and then the thing will start so see you on the other side bye Character sheets and swords and sorcery And we made a show cause being friends is neat Epic quests and treasure chests And all that because we have to admit Role players are wonderful Role players are wonderful this tale takes place in the world of Exandria, on the continent of Tal'Dorei, and it begins in the city of Westrin. Westrin is a major trading city that is nestled in the heart of the continent, and it's currently in the middle of a holiday known as the Festival of Renewal and Remembrance. This week-long jubilee commemorates the many lives that were lost during the devastating dragon attacks that occurred in the city ten years prior to our story. but. It also celebrates the vibrance and influx of new life of the springtime that is to come. Travelers from all across Tal'Dorei and the continents beyond have come to the city to hawk their wares, make some coin performing, take in the sights and sounds, and of course, remember those who have fallen that cannot be here to celebrate. We embark upon our adventure with four heroes, Dump, Maxwell Fun, Kaw, and Rogan, meeting at a carnival. Uh, first off, would everyone like to just go around and uh, briefly describe their character, what they're playing? Greggy, we can start with you. Okay, so uh, I am going to be playing a half-elf warlock. Uh, my character is named uh, Maxwell Fun, and uh, I have <laughs> built up quite a expen extensive uh, backstory for this guy. Do you want me to like read everything I no, wrote? No, no, just, just like a brief description of like what they look like. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my guy is, I guess he's kind of uh, a mid-height type of person. I'd say uh, 5'10 or so, something like that. Uh, he's a, a white guy, 
Uh, and a uh, half elf. He looks nice. mostly human, though. Yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, he looks like a, a guy around in his 40s, I'd say, uh, with a scraggly mustache and beard and a bald head. Um, and he is very thin and lithe. And uh, he, he looks kind of like a wimp, really. Um, but he, don't let that fool you because he has a lot of dark arts um, in his belt. Okay, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Love it. So that's Maxwell Fun. Um, little Alex, if you would like to go next. Um, I am playing a... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the species. An Aarakocra. An Aarakocra, a bird boy named Kaw. He's a uh, blood red great batuber, bird. Five foot... And he's a hunter. That's, yeah. All right, great. There you uh, go. That's everything. Big Alex. Uh, okay, I made uh, a normal guy. Uh, he's a human fighter named Rogan. Uh, I have a great sword named Jamie. Uh, that's just the name of the sword, though. It's not alive. Uh, I guess I'm like a guy in like a white t-shirt, like, <laughs> and I'm bald and. Uh, you know, I look like a really cool, like, just a normal, uh, strong man. So that's all you're wearing is a white t-shirt? Uh, I probably have pants. <laughs> uh, and boots and stuff. Uh, I guess, I guess I, it does say I have chainmail, but... It's I, I white. Guess, it's skin-tight chainmail. It, it's under my t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the white t-shirt's on top, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Alright, uh, Bear. Okay, um, my guy is a furbolg druid named Dump. I guess he just took that name because that's around, that's where he spent most of his time in like human and elven settlements and shit. And that was the word he associated with himself because he likes to keep his furbolg name to himself, I guess. And he's a big, tall man. He's 10 feet tall. He has hair, he has hair that's really bright red and his skin is the color of, of doo-doo. It's, it's the only real <laughs> that's the only real comparison I can make. And um, and yeah, he's he's not conventionally good looking, but for furbolgs, he's a seven. What is a, a furbolg? Because I had to look this up and I feel like most people wouldn't oh, know. Oh, of course. Well, furbolgs, of course, are uh, giant kin and I'm very well versed in d and I know more than Joe, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Uh, Furbolgs, yes, they're giant kin, so they uh, descended from the giants of old, and um, they uh, they look like humans otherwise, but they have little, like, rocky kind of features. They're rough around the edges. I don't know. So like a, like a tall, ugly man? Yeah, like a tall, ugly man. I, yeah. Very alien to me. <laughs> <laughs> this quartet became quick friends, and they partook in various activities throughout the carnival, including a fight with a mechanical hydra, magical boulder tossing, and even a pie-eating contest. At one point during the carnival dump, had the bright idea of using his druidic powers to shapeshift into a giant bear, which, of course, brought the attention of the nearby city watch, who fired upon him with many, many crossbolts, and they were set to arrest him and his friends were it not for the timely intervention of the person in charge of this carnival, a lively and light-hearted gnome named Tipper Tinkerton. 
Tipper formally introduced himself and had a request that would set this group off on their journey into Herodom. Um, yeah. Tipper, Tipper kind of looks at you guys and is like, ah, crazy, crazy times we're living in, huh? Say, are, are, are you guys like adventurers or something? Maybe. Um, why? Let's, let's say why before we enter. Uh, I, I could use some help. Yeah, yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, Tipper is like, uh, yeah, I could uh, use some help if you all are uh, the adventuring type. Okay, you need help, I'll help. Like, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. What do you need? Um, it's, well, it's my sister. Uh, there's, there's two of you? <laughs> well, no, there's, there's only one of me. I cannot yet clone myself. I'm hoping... Uh, to be powerful enough to do that today. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh God, guys, imagine two. two of them. No. Sorry, I, I'm, I am getting off topic. Um, uh, it, it is my it is my sister. Um, she works here in town. She works for the uh, the, the Iron Hand uh, Trading Company. She's she's a miner, and um, she's gone she? missing. I I don't know why that's relevant. Said she's a miner. <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> a very good joke, my friend. It wasn't. Uh, oh, that laugh. Oh, man. Uh, she's she's not underage. I mean, that, that she works in the mining profession. Oh, um, oh, that's weird. I don't. Well, it's not really weird. It's weird it's for a, a gnome, right? Like, well, she she doesn't do like much of the physical labor. Uh, it's like, um, she, she's more like when like like kids work in the mines to crawl through small spaces. Well, I don't really. The kids don't work in the mine. It's full of. Walk well, me through yeah. a day in the life of your sister. <laughs> okay, this is off topic. That really is something you can ask her if you find her. Um, oh, she yeah. she's gone missing uh, with the rest of her, her her mining company. They 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 haven't reported back in in a few days, and I'm I'm just worried. And you all seemed like um you know uh, strong adventurers. You you've, you've won at, at at the high striker game. You must have some. Some some sort of uh, abilities in you, and I was hoping if you might look into this, if if you're that sort of type. I am yeah. not very strong, but I have lived for two hundred years. Well, I, I suppose it all I mean, I it, that thing, so. it all it all measures uh, how how you measure strong in mind, <laughs> not necessarily of of body. Okay, cool. I'll help. Oh, uh, thank you. Well, yeah, you did help us out there. Uh, look like we yeah. probably would have went to jail. So <laughs> I feel a little bad for how we treated you so far. So sure. Yes, I'll, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, yeah. no, I I'm, I, I'm sorry as well. I, I I know I came off kind of strong, but it's e eager to try and find someone to help with my sister. Perhaps why that is why. Why did you try I, to get, become friends and <laughs> go because out for I drinks? wanted I wanted to ask you this, and I, I didn't know if I could just you know do that you know if i could just ask you that seems like something i should ask a friend and not just uh some we could offer money uh, <laughs> uh, i can give you some money if you'd like well i meant like that's like you could have just done that off the bat or, is that what people do yeah i'm not yes, like a, yeah that's what oh. people do i honestly feel a little weird about accepting money at this point if you have like a gadget i'll accept that <laughs> oh oh yes of course i could certainly give you give you a gadget. Oh yeah, those gadgets are kind of fun. It better be a good gadget. Is that a threat? Yeah, why are you doing that? <laughs> wait, actually, yeah, that's not... That, uh, wait. Ma the, 
why, why don't we go help him first, and yes, then we'll, when we return, maybe like maybe oh, we'll see about Gatchet. Call, you need to. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, nice. I didn't mean to sound like that. That's okay. I, I look, t- tensions are weird right now. I'm sorry. There, the guards were here. Everybody's tense. It's okay. I'm. Maybe. Do you guys want them? Uh, I've got some uh, candy. That's a weird thing <laughs> to say. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, Okay, we'll help you. Oh. You stop talking. Well, we'll talk your words later. So, so where was the last the last place you heard your sister was? Well, I I heard this from from her her foreman. Um, he he's uh, he he works at the trading company. Um, and uh, I, because I I just hadn't heard from her. In a while. Uh, I he said that the last place the last time he had heard from them was three days ago. Uh, they they were working at the mine and they hadn't returned. Uh, with their shipment, he he might have some more information, um, but that's all that I know because I had to. I was kind of in a hurry. I had to set up the carnival. All right, so you're in a really good mood this carnival, considering. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm a consummate professional. It is a a solemn time of year for for the festival, but also to celebrate to celebrate life. So I try to put on a happy face for for the customers. Yeah, it's really nice of you. Thank you. I guess it's kind of hard meeting people in your position and your profession. It is. It's it's very difficult. I even with my employees, they're you know it's tough to to be friends with them. And yeah, we well, shouldn't you shouldn't try to do that. No, I mean I, I don't. It's, but you know it's just always weird. You know, boss employee relations. Yeah, you should you should. Okay, you should. Let's, go, let's go. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm learning where? a lot about myself tonight. <laughs> Where are the offices for this mining company? Um, that's in the the Opal District. Yeah, I know where that is. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, like it's a it's a well known trading company. Uh, Max, you know, you know that uh, your father and sister work at the Iron Hand Trading Company warehouse. Um, they oversee the lumber, um, but the the mining does go through there as well. So you would know where it is. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, so. This ties into my story. I probably carried some stuff for them before. <laughs> That's cool. Got some labor, <laughs> you know. You've got you've got big muscles, then. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking ripped. Okay, it's weird. <laughs> just cr- all right. Well, cr- we're, we're off then. Yeah, we should probably go find right. your sister. Um, thank you. Um, if if you need me, uh, I I'll be staying at um uh at at the bog. It's a it's a it's a, a tavern in town. Oh, okay. It's it's in the it's in the residential. T- um, I have a room there, oh. so so you may find me there uh, if the carnival is not here. If you're looking for Dunk, so, he's probably in like a real bog. Like this guy lives oh, in yeah. trash. He lives in trash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> well, no, it's also it's also true because you're telling me you're staying in a hotel called the Bog, but I'm just like, oh, we'll just stay in an actual bog. It's free. I suppose that's true, but it probably wouldn't be of the best conditions. I prefer a roof over my head. Not that I look down upon people who outside of uh, well, I be- I, I'm really into primitive technology and um, you can <laughs> oh, that shit rules. you can fashion a shed from almost any clay a shed? that's incredible <laughs> that's nice I have a shed back home in Whitestone Whitestone eh? just a shed? well no I, I have uh, a house as well but I have a shed it's full of my tool things some tinkering toys alright okay let's go oh hey, my God. can you guys go? <laughs> Beginning their adventure in earnest, the gang spoke with Pepper's boss, 
a man named Donaghy. And after gathering some information from him, they took off for the mine where Pepper and her workers were known to have been at. Upon arrival, they had found dead bodies littered throughout with, curiously, no wounds or marks of a struggle. Inside the mine, they found a single survivor named Jason. Jason was trapped beneath a rock collapse and was not able to see what killed the others around him. He had only heard their screams. The group was able to free Jason from the rock that was on top of him and brought him safely back to the entrance to rest. Then, they turned around and ventured deeper into the mine to explore another wing, in hopes of finding Pepper and other survivors. While investigating an ever-burning torch that they thought was very mysterious, they encountered not Pepper, but a dark and imposing figure before them. All right, so you guys start moving down, and uh, you're walking for about 10-15 minutes. This is the long shaft, and there's a bunch of different tunnels that, that branch off, but you know, you, you felt you, you see that mist keep uh, distance in front of you guys, and now you can like follow it. Um, and it branches off again down towards the right. And as you turn around to follow it, uh, you are met with a humanoid figure in front of you. As soon as you turn the corner to go around that tunnel that you saw the mist go, in front of you stands a appears to be human-like figure wearing dark black robes, uh, long flowing black hair, and uh, pretty pale skin looks all of you over and says, I wouldn't go any further. Are you the pale lady? <laughs> Do I look like a pale lady to you? No, I can't really tell. Well, <laughs> pretty dark. no, I, I'm, I'm well, not a pale lady. You don't sound like a pale lady. You don't sound like a pale lady. You're pale, though. I suppose you, I am. By happenstance related to the yeah. pale lady? <laughs> no. Do you live here? <laughs> no, I don't live here, but I do some work here. What is this magic that you're using? What did you do to these people? Me? I didn't do anything to them. Do you know what happened to them? I do know what happened to them. Unfortunately, they delved a bit too deep into the tunnels and awoke a sort of defense system. What's it defending? Ah, shit. It's defending something that you don't need to know, but I'm letting you know <laughs> that you can turn back now no harm will come to you. Are you threatening us? I am threatening you. Are, are there any are there any more of the miners deeper in the mine here? Yes. Alright, we gotta go. Are they we alive? Gotta... There may be a few that are alive. Well, listen, we're just looking for one person, then we can go. So if, if you want people to not be in the mine, like, hey, we're on the same team. <laughs> like we also Who are you want looking people to for? not be in the mine. Perhaps I can find them. Bring them well, to you and you can leave. I kind of want to explore and find them ourselves. I want to know what this is all about. Well, let's just make a deal. I give you who you're yeah, looking for and you don't go any. See, but that's the thing. We want to go further. Well, no, <laughs> I don't. I, I, I want to go home and get paid. But I feel like, hey, hey can we have a huddle for a second? And while we're figuring out okay. this Sure, game, talk it over. <laughs> Okay, guys, I feel like if we tell him who we're looking for, he's not going to bring them back. Yeah, I, I don't trust this dude. 
why don't we just beat him up and then uh yeah. go find the gnome chick well here's the here's the thing there's four of us right and there's one of him hmm but he doesn't seem scared right and that makes you worry that he's strong yes Let's do the the old trick where you reach in for a handshake and then you yank his <laughs> hand <laughs> and uh, you yank him over, on, uh, trip him off balance, and then while someone hits him over the head and knocks him unconscious. <laughs> the old one-two knocker. Ah, uh, uh, at first I thought you meant the uh, classic uh, down low too slow maneuver. <laughs> I thought you meant we would have, like, one of those buzzers on our hands. <laughs> we could do that. Well, I don't have one of those. As the group took a minute to talk it over, Rogan soon found himself under a charm spell from this mysterious entity, and he tried to argue in favor of returning with Pepper alive, as that was their goal. But the rest of the group voted in favor of exploring further into this mysterious mine. Rogan, make a, uh, uh, wisdom saving throw. Oh, shit. Three. Three? Okay. Um, as you guys are talking, you feel, like, really compelled to trust what he's saying and to kind of make this deal. All right. And, and, and like, you seem like he could be trusted and his word can be heeded. All right. We're looking for, what's her name? Uh, Pepper. Pepper. Pepper Tinkerton? Is that one of the miners? Mm-hmm. You say that to him? Yeah. Pepper, I don't know the names. Perhaps you can describe. Uh, she's a gnome. Ah, the gnome. Yes, she's alive. Did you bring her up? I can. And do I have your words that you will leave? Uh, what's happening down there? Yeah. It's not of your concern. I'm, it is of our concern. It's if, you're hurt, if you're hurting to... people, yeah. No one's be. I never said anyone was being hurt. Why are There's you a lot control? of dead people out there. There are a lot of dead people out there. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> no, you're not. You're like, you're willing to do like whatever this guy said. Well, I mean, I'm willing to leave if, once we get our guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just want to honor the deal. Yeah. Um, so, so help me on this one, uh, friend. Uh, hmm. Why, why only bring us one of the miners? I mean, we're here for the miners. Why don't you bring us all of the miners? It doesn't concern you, why? It doesn't. You gotta think about it. It doesn't. <laughs> You're here for one person, are you not? Why do you We're here this? for everyone we can save. Well, sometimes yes, well, in life you cannot save everyone. Okay. That's right. Why are you, like, angry at... Uh, why are you telling I'm us we can't angry. help these people? Uh, why are you... We, we got another... We've, we've got another... Uh, a tinker type here, I think. Uh, this guy is rubbing me all kinds of the wrong way. My guy would not necessarily... Hmm, this is tough, because it is weird. It's very weird that if we leave, I mean, it seems very obvious everyone else is going to die, and I don't know if that's cool. You're you're a warlock, too. Isn't this right. your real house? Well, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a terrible I mean, you're, you're guy, a but you're not like right. a, a murderer. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to understand the scope of what we're dealing with here. I think I'm willing to fight my friends if we don't honor this guy's death. Oh no! What? <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Like this guy's like 
You guys are being jerks to this guy. He's, he's, you do, like, do you, yeah, do you say this out loud? You do feel like you would fight them. If... Yeah. Now do I you say this out loud? Yeah. Do we not see this coming? Do we not see that he's obviously, uh... He's, I mean, he's not hostile, like, Rogan isn't hostile. He's, he seems exactly the same, but he's I mean, just... he did just say that he was gonna fight us if we didn't... Well, Dude, I, wanna, I, I wanna, like, get this, our mission done. Can I roll a check to figure out if something is happening to Rogan? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll an insight check. Okay. Twelve. He seems like Rogan. But All just right. he, he just wants to get Pepper and get out. That's just All right. yeah. So, my friends, what do we have? So you are saying our choices are we get Pepper and leave, or you kill us, basically. That's that's what you're saying? Well I never said I would kill you, but things may not end very well for you, let's just say that. Okay, well uh, how about you stop I have something around that the bush I'm and uh and I don't want anyone to go any further. We, that's where our uh, conflict arises. We do want to go further and we want to help these people. So you're saying if you, if we I've go I've given further, you a deal. Whether you would like to honor it or not is up to you. The deal is on the table. Do you accept? I need um, an answer This, this can't now. stand. This cannot stand if you're no, going to no. people. I think, I think I want to do a deception check. Uh, to do the thing <laughs> Yes. Okay, so you want to shake his hand? Yes, I want to shake his hand and pull his hand. I want to, you know, do a trump on him and pull his hand while I'm giving him a shake and pulling him off balance and then Kyle can come in and uh, swoop. Okay, back go ahead and roll a deception check. Oh, cool. I got three plus six, so I got a nine. Okay, you put out your hand and uh, and you're like, sure, we'll take your deal. And the, your tone of voice, and you like wink at him, and you like <laughs> automatically realize you shouldn't have winked at him. <laughs> and you definitely said it like you weren't going to take the deal. And so he just kind of looks at you and laughs. So is that your It's kind of rude. You should be taking his hand after he says he's going to honor your deal. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, fine. You, you caught me. Yeah, it seems like you're being weird. We don't have to fight if you don't want to. We just want to go deeper in and find these miners. Okay. See you later. And he turns into that cloud of mist and is gone. Immediately after this figure had left them, a ghastly creature rose out from the corpse of a nearby miner and attacked the group. After disposing of the ghost, the group pushed further into the mines and discovered two things. A door leading into an older tunnel of the mine that seemed to have not been part of the excavation of the mining company. And on the other side of this door, the newly risen, undead form of Pepper Tinkerton. Reluctantly, they slew the reanimated corpse of Pepper Tinkerton and rather than turn back, thought they would probe a bit further into this section of the mine. They soon found themselves in what appeared to be a laboratory of some sort that housed bookshelves overflowing with various tomes, a study desk, and in the center of the room, a ritualistic altar. While investigating this chamber, Dump had found a journal that seemingly belonged to the dark figure they had met earlier, but not much else. Taking the body of Pepper with them, the group then left the mines behind them, and along with Jason, headed back towards the city of Westron. Upon their return, the group informed Tipper of the situation involving his sister, 
and the incident at the mines. While clearly very despondent over the loss of his beloved sister, Tipper was very appreciative of this party helping him out, giving each of the members a magic ring. The next day, they visited Donaghy back at the mining company warehouse and let him know what had happened. His interest was very piqued when they mentioned the dark figure that they had met in the mines, and he asked the group to meet him later that evening at a tavern in town, so he may introduce the group to someone who might be able to help them out. Shortly after their talk with Donaghy, the group encountered a werewolf attack in the streets and saw that the victim was none other than Maxwell's twin sister, Minerva. Max was able to safely rescue his sister while the rest of the crew, with help of members of the City Watch, subdued the feral werewolves, where it was revealed that they were two seemingly innocent young men, Colm, the son of the miller in town, and his friend, Ronald. Taking it upon themselves to do some investigation, the gang set off to speak to the miller and see if there was a nefarious scheme at hand, or indeed this was just some innocent misunderstanding. Anyway, you make your way towards the mill. Um, you walk inside. Uh, it, it's essentially like a barn. Uh, the doors are open. Uh, there's a human male there. Looks to be in his uh, late 50s, early 60s, pushing the, 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 the mill around, um, breaking down the, the grain into its uh, uh, finer uh, uh, bits and uh, sees you approaches this. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, hello. Come in. Come in. I was not expecting visitors today. Uh, what can I do for you? My name is uh, Griff. Uh, I'm nice. Griffin. Hi, Griff. It's not my name. It's just Too Griff. You know what? Why don't, why don't you stay out, actually? <laughs> I, I don't want to invite you. In. Uh, the, the three of you, please come in. Sorry, it's, it's, it's about your son, Colm. Carol is oh, Colm, yes. <laughs> Have, you met Colm? Yeah, I guess no guards um, have come by to talk to you, huh? I'm sorry, is something the matter? I, I just... yell from the door what happened. You're, you're not here. He, he didn't let you in, so these three are talking to him alone. Well, first off, I just want to assure you that your son is alive, but... He looks really worried. He says, what, what do you I mean know. he's alive? Uh, it seems that your son may have been turned into a werewolf. He looks the three of you over... Starts smirking and starts laughing and says, <laughs> Colm set you up to this, did he? He turned into a werewolf. Is this one of his, his jokes? I'm, I'm sorry. I appreciate a joke as much as the next guy, but this unfortunately is not a joke. I don't understand. Can what? I peer through the, like, a window and watch what's going on? No. Let us just <laughs> have a normal... You can watch. We, we were kind of hoping that you might be able to shed some light on how... This could well, have happened to him. I'm not sure. I, uh, I sent him. Him and Ronald went out for the the we 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 send our, our weekly grain shipments over to the Iron Hand Trade Warehouse, where they they send our grain out to uh, all across the country. And um, he was just going on mm. his his regular route. We we just finished our uh, packing up our shipment for the week. And is is Ronald home? Uh, Ronald was was on his his he 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 takes the grain with with him. So okay, so he hasn't gotten back yet. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it's probably that other guy. Um, exactly. Oh, that must have been Ronald. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> turned into a wolf too. Okay. So that's uh, mm. that's very troubling. 
Well, we all work here at the mill together. Oh, shit. Hope you don't. I hope, hope I'm you're okay, okay, too. <laughs> I... Have you noticed any strange animal sightings recently? Anything mm. like that? No. There's a bear at the carnival. I, I heard about the bear no. at the carnival. <laughs> it was a nice bear from what I heard. I didn't get to see it myself, but that's, uh, that, that, that is crazy. It's crazy. Yep. I haven't noticed anything too out of the ordinary. Um, there were some... Uh, I saw... There were a couple ravens the other day that stopped by. Hmm. But sometimes ravens often come by the mill. They like to hang out in, in the upper part of the barn near, near where the windmill is. But um, that was all I noticed. But, you know, now that I think about it, the the grain shipment we received from Stillben seemed different this week. Really? Ah. It was a bit... Usually it's a, it's a beautiful amber color, but this week it was a bit more brown. Hmm. We thought it was just be, uh, it didn't get enough water, or it was too wilted in the sun. But I, 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 I don't know if this is the cause. Sure. But, but now that I think about it, I, I do remember that being unusual. How distributed is this grain? Oh, it, uh, I, I, it goes out uh, all across the, the western side of, uh, of this Ooh, country. We got an epidemic on our hands. Oh, God. Uh, but, but it hasn't been distributed yet that we bringing it to the company. Well, we need we need to stop that. We need to stop that. Uh, do you still have any of this grain? Kind of points over to one of the, like, grain shoots, and there's a little, uh... Is there a chimney I can climb yes, down? What? <laughs> yeah, you come in. Come in. <laughs> I'll let you in if you promise to be a good boy. Okay. Sounds weird. Should, uh, probably burn that stuff, right? Like... Yes, I think that's... I mean, I guess you need it to make money, but... No, it just, sounds uh, like this was a sunk cost. Uh, I mean, we yeah. don't know if perhaps, the perhaps before I burn it, it would be better to hand it in to the guards, let them inspect. What it do you guys think would happen if I became a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> werewolf with that would be very would be cool, but you'd lose your mind, <laughs> and I don't know if it'd be worth. You guys all see me eyeing this grain really skeptically. Finishing their conversation with the kindly old Miller, the group had concluded that the boy's transformation seemed to be some sort of freak accident, and the Miller had no idea what could have caused it. The only possible clue being gleaned was that the Miller had recently received a shipment of grain from the coastal town of Stillben, and it had looked a little strange. With that little bit of information on hand, our heroes set back off into town to meet Donaghy at the tavern. However, Along the way, Rogan had just remembered that he had left his oven on and absolutely had to go leave to turn it off right at that very minute and make sure his house had not burned down. He has not been seen since. Back at the tavern, Donaghy introduced the group to a human woman named Pick, a friend and employee of his who was miraculously the only other survivor of the deadly onslaught that occurred at the mine. Oh, um, pardon me, my manners. Um, uh, let me in- introduce my, my friend here. Uh, this is uh, Peck. Peck, if you would like to describe what the party sees. Yeah, so uh, you see Peck. She is a female paladin, and 
She has the if she were on Earth, she would have the equivalent of like East Asian features. So she has dark hair, except she has a big like fresh gash across her face, and she has grayish oh. eyes, and she's wearing chainmail with uh, a coin hanging around her head and a necklace, and she's also wearing a miner's helmet instead of like a classic armored uh, helmet situation. And uh, I guess she's just like, hey, I'm Pick. Hey, Pick. And um, Royce, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell her that uh, you guys were coming. Uh, Peck, these are um, the, these guys um, investigated the mine. Uh, what was going on there? Oh, so you guys, you guys saw it. Yes. Are you? Were you one of the miners? I guess if I could start from a long time ago, I used to be a paladin. After sort of uh, um, after my older brother took over the family business, I didn't have much to do, so I devoted my life to Timora, the goddess of good fortune. Uh, and I became a paladin, but while I was away, I heard word that my brother had squandered the family fortunes and my father had passed away. Uh, and I kind of gave up the, the paladin uh, cause because, um, you know, what's good fortune when all this bad stuff's been happening to me? So uh, I, respect, I moved here to uh, West Run and became a miner so I could send some money home and have anything to show for it. Uh, and then, you know... You guys saw what happened. I kind of woke up from the uh, pale woman um, situation, the necromancer situation, whatever the, whatever happened up there. Um, and all my friends were dead. I had corpses all around me. My mining helmet was broken, but I tried to start crawling out. And uh, whenever I would face a certain direction, my mining helmet would kind of flip on. And it seemed like it kind of guided me out. Uh, when I finally got out to the air, um, I saw some more corpses, but my heart kind of swooned when I saw they had coins in their eyes. Um, <laughs> some, some compassionate person had put coins in the eyes of these corpses. So uh, I went over and flipped the coins so that they were heading face up, which is the symbol of Timora, and uh, decided to take back up the cause. So you can, my chainmail is not very well kept. It's a little rusted and tarnished. It's got, a, got some green sheen to it, but uh, I think I'm going to be a paladin again. That was me. All right. You killed those people? <laughs> oh, I had the same reaction. He said the same thing to me. Oh my god. It, no, it, it wasn't him. I think. Oh, he might just be a really good liar. No, I put the coins on their heads, on their eyes. Oh my god. I think it was a sign for my god. Okay. Following friendly introductions, Pick had chosen to join up with this ragtag bunch in order to find the man responsible for the loss of her friends and avenge their deaths. Donaghy then instructed the group that there was someone else he wanted them all to meet, and was in the basement waiting to introduce themselves. Using a very secret password to gain entrance, the group was greeted by a beautiful woman, who would quickly become the catalyst that would change the path they were on and the rest of their lives forever. Behind you guys, uh, you're now in this. It's a pretty brightly lit room. Um, there, to your right, there's a, a big bookshelf. Hundreds of books on the shelf. Um, some desks inside, and in there, you are met with uh, four humanoids. But one stands at attention as soon as you walk in, and before you uh, stands a tall and lithe, light pink-skinned tiefling woman. 
Uh, she's dressed in deep crimson and black leathers with knee-high boots, and on her waist uh, hangs a very finely crafted rapier with a ruby inlaid on the pommel, and there is a script that's written down the blade itself. Uh, two small curved horns protrude out of the top of her waist-length ashen-white hair, and bright, pupilless yellow eyes look the group of you up and down as a smile curves across her face. Well then, darlings, I suppose you have some questions for us. Welcome. My name is Mercy. And you are? I uh, tip my pot as if I was <laughs> tipping a fedora. I say, I'm Carl. Milady. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes with the hat tip or pot tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tip my miner's helmet and say, hello, I'm Pick. I don't have a hat to tip, so I'm just like, yo. <laughs> Uh, I'm Maxwell Fun. Yeah, hi, I'm Dump. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very nice to meet you all. So, where to begin? Um, should I start, or, or do you want to? I, I assume this is about the necromancer, or whatever sort of wizard that was we met in the mines? Yes, that is correct. Um, does, does this uh, relate to the werewolf infestation at all? Well... It's interesting you bring that up. We're not quite sure about that. It would seem as though it is a very strange coincidence that within a few days, these dark incidents are happening. They could be related, but we aren't totally sure. What do you mean by we? Who is yes. we? She, she looks at you and says, can I trust you all? I have a very high charisma. You should absolutely <laughs> trust me. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about these other two. I won't remember the secret one. But I fucking to... rule. <laughs> yeah, true. Call. Well, no, call. <laughs> if you tell something to call, it's very possible he will say it to the next person he meets <laughs> just for the hell of it. Well, then uh, maybe so maybe we should have him put his uh, feathers in his ears. I have or a something. pot on my head. I can't hear anything as it is. <laughs> okay. This is a very mm, sensitive thing. I'm about to tell you. It's. It is imperative that the information that I share with you does not leave this room. Yeah, I, I was just kidding before. Kaw fucks around a lot, but he knows when to be serious, right, Kaw? Sure. <laughs> Jeez, that's not that's not reassuring, Kaw. She, she looks you all over and nods and says, Well, I do believe I can trust you all, though perhaps in a special eye will be kept on the Aarakocran friend. <laughs> okay. I and my compatriots here uh, belong to an organization known as the Claret Order. What does Claret mean? Uh, It essentially means red. Hundreds of years ago, a dark power exerted its fell will over the continent of Wildmount to the east. It corrupted its outlying townships and spread chaos amongst its people. Undeath washed over gravesites like a plague. Shadowed beasts stalked the midnight woods, and the influence of fiends befouled even Wildmount's purest souls. But in the eleventh hour, a priest of the Matron of Ravens, his name was Trent Orman, he prayed for a way to protect his flock. The matron's inspiration came in the form of long-hidden knowledge, the secrets to blood magic. Taking his gifts, Trent trained his most trusted warriors in these techniques, giving a portion of their humanity in exchange for their power to defend the people. This was the origin of the Claret Orders and the first of the Blood Clerics and the Blood Hunters. The creed of our order, the Claret Orders, is that we ask our followers to commit their lives to the hunt of these entities and creatures that threaten the sanctity of life and joy. 
And whilst the sacrifice is great, the reward is the continued existence of purity and good in this world. Our order strives to protect those who cannot protect themselves from the shadows. We do not take credit for our deeds or reward for our services. So, that is who we are. No rewards. Thank yes, you. Yes, <laughs> I, I received a bit of a, a, a clarid alert when that uh, when I heard that. Darlings, I, I forgive my um, bad manners. I did not introduce you to the rest of the group. Yeah, I didn't even know there was other people in the room. This this one, uh, that is Sathira, uh, the one that just had spoken up. That's Sathira. Next to her is, uh, you see, a half-elf dressed in, again, pretty dark and uh, crimson leathers. Gray, medium-length hair that's uh, tied behind his head and into a little ponytail, has a, has a gray beard. And she says, um, that is um, Elliot, Pia Hunter, the one over in the corner that's kind of skulking. Uh, and she points, and you see in the corner, there is a another pretty tall, very live, dark furred uh, with little orange spots on it, uh, Tabaxi, which is a cat person. And she says, that is my daughter, Faith. Faith does not say anything, but not her head some weird you. names, Mercy, Faith. Well, Elliot. Mercy is... <laughs> um, you see, in tiefling culture, we are given infernal names, but some of us do not like the connotation that we... Uh, that comes along with having a demonic heritage in us, and so we choose names that go along with virtues. I like to seek out mercy in this world. And um, do Era, Corkra, and cat people get along? Is this okay? <laughs> it is okay. Okay. And though Faith is not a clearly a direct blood daughter of mine, I did choose to give her a tiefling name. And she, I think, inspires faith in this world. So that is why I called her Faith. Hey, ni- nice to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Max. They all uh, hi, everybody. give their introductions. Uh, everybody says hello, and you all get along swimmingly. In addition to giving some background on herself and her order, Mercy was also able to give the group some information on the man that they had been calling the Necromancer that they had met in the tunnels. There was uh, an, hmm. the necromancer, as you. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if he was a necromancer or a Dracula or what. <laughs> I'm not sure what a Dracula <laughs> is, darling. What, what is a, that? A vampire, I guess. Ah, yes, that would be a very apt term. Oh, he is a vampire. He is a very powerful vampire lord. Ah, his name is Lord Sebastian von Sorensen. Ooh, sounds evil. Y- yes, he is very evil. He is someone that we have been tracking for a very long time, you see. He's originally from Wildmount, across the the, the ocean. Um, Let me give you his his full story, I suppose that would help. About three generations ago, on Wildmount, there was a village that uh, went by the name of Sorenholm, and it was led by a a man named Lord Drake von Sorensen. But at some point in this story, it is told that Lord Drake had accidentally unleashed some sort of dark entity and brought ruin upon his village and its inhabitants. Eventually, part of the von Sorensen family and some of the people of Sorenholm had escaped the village and fled across the ocean here to Taldori, settling in a valley in the summit peaks south of here. Though they had peace for a while, it would seem that Drake had cursed his entire bloodline and that dark entity had found him again. However, one of Drake's direct descendants, Sebastian, decided to strike a bargain with this entity. The pact was that Sebastian would serve this being for the lifetime in exchange for peace for his people and a promise of great wealth and power. 
apparently it worked because the von Sorensen family flourished under Sebastian's new rule and he married a beautiful noblewoman by the name of Tegan. Together, Sebastian and Tegan ruled over this newly formed hamlet of Drakestad with an iron fist of fear and cruelty. Families were forced yearly to give over their children to Tegan so that she may sacrifice them to appease their dark ruler and keep the hamlet safe. And it's said that Lady Tegan herself would take the bones of the children and crush them into fine powders which she would then feed back to the villagers. Eventually, the people of Drakestad revolted storming the castle and killing its inhabitants. Lady Tegan was dismembered into six separate pieces and scattered across the land so her remains could not be used to bring her back to life. Lord Sebastian, though he was put to the stake, was said to have somehow survived the ordeal and he fled southward into the Frostwood Mountain. Now, about 20, 25 years ago, we had received reports of Lord Sebastian appearing again. He apparently is searching for the remains of his late wife, Lady Tegan. We think that he's trying to recover all the pieces to bring her back to life. And that is where we find ourselves. After reading through the journal that Dump had recovered in the mine, Mercy was able to discern that Lord Sebastian had recovered all but the head of his late wife. And he was now on the hunt to track down this final piece. While she did some investigation into the mine on her own, Mercy had a test of initiation for the group. Visit the tomb of a former order member named Sir Urien and retrieve his sword, the pommel of which was carved from the horn of a unicorn, which was known to have restorative properties to cure lycanthropy. With this sword and the innate magic it contained, they would be able to cure the innocent son of the miller and his friend of their werewolf curse. The group accepted, and as a means of tracking their progress, Mercy's daughter Faith would accompany them on this quest. The crew set off, but not before being stopped in the streets by a man that they had met back at the carnival named Slick Stevie, who had a new scheme in mind for them. So you guys like money, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, do I. Okay. It's mostly, I, I want to get a lot of money to impress my father. Oh, I, I totally get it. that. <laughs> I don't care about the actual coins necessarily. My, my dad kicked me out. So um, I got this letter in the mail the other day from a prince uh, from oh. Ancorel. <laughs> okay? Now, yeah. uh -huh. I need to send him uh, 150 gold pieces, and he'll send me back 10,000 gold pieces because he he's fallen on hard times, and he needs me to send it to him, and, and, and he's going to get out of the situation he's in, and he's going to send it back like 10 times what I sent him. So I'm just looking to, uh, you know, collect some stuff for, from from my best friends, from people around town, and that way, you know, we can all get paid. We can get like thousands of gold. What do you guys say? You said 150. Yeah. Okay. You I pity him and I give him one silver piece. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll take the silver, thanks. But you you don't want to give any more? No. All right. Uh, any of you guys? What do you think? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that kind of gold, my friend. Yeah, I don't have 150. Uh, shit. This sucks. I was hoping you guys were loaded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only you won the pieting contest. We could have, like, been swimming in it. You're well, telling me. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to join a secret organization? I'm, I'm trying to start a secret organization. <laughs> Do you guys practice blood magic? 
Uh, we could. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I've been like, I've been like trying to, I've been trying to join like all the cool underground guilds, and no one wants me. They say I talk too much. They say like I can't keep a secret, so I'm starting my own secret organization. It's called Secret Stevie's uh, Slick Spies. <laughs> I uh, because, elbow, I elbow faith. We're gonna be like the best underground uh, guild, and we're gonna tell everybody that we're there, and nobody's gonna, everybody's gonna want to join. By the end, everybody in Taldore is gonna be part of. Yeah, I think that's the whole Steve's. point of secret organizations. They don't know about us enough to want to join. And what the hell do you know about secret organizations, buddy? <laughs> yeah, right. Are you in one? Um, no. Yeah, me, me neither. So what's what's Faith? What's Faith doing during <laughs> oh, all of this? Uh, she's just kind of standing in the back, not really reacting at all. Hmm. Seems to have her head down. Although you seem to see that there's a smirk on her face. Ah. I look at her and I say, "Hey, Faith, get a word of this guy." <laughs> wink. <laughs> I audibly and physically wink. Stevie, you audibly wink. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah, says he like the, wink as he's winking. He's a bird. He has a necessitating membrane, so it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <that's really laughs> Holy shit, that's the biggest word I've ever heard in my entire life. This guy's f- smart. This new chick you've got. Uh, very much into this. You could be you could be like the uh, the vice president if you want of my guild. Carl, do, you have a, do you have a cloaca? I have to ask. <laughs> I don't know what this word means. So I'm hey, me wait. neither, buddy. This is crazy. <laughs> this, this, this girl knows so much stuff. I guess I could tell you later, but it's, it's like uh, you have one hole that you piss and shit out of. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, that's a very personal question. I had two ales back at the tavern, the, the two crowns. So, yeah, still. Yeah. Hey, do you guys special I, reserves back? There. I, know, I know you guys don't have like 150 gold, but you guys have five gold. I owe that sorcerer for piting contest some money. <laughs> I just, met, I just met you, Stevie, but I'll, I can give you like two gold. Uh, okay, as like a sign of, yeah, of like a that good rules. fortune. You ever heard of time? You ever heard of time, Mora? Faith puts her hand on your shoulder, pick, and says, "Don't give this asshole any." <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe just like one gold. Give him one silver. Yeah. All I'll right. Yeah. Right, knock knock off a gold from your inventory. Yeah. Okay. And he's and like, Stevie, oh, this is going to help so much. This is great. Stevie, I, I will give you a gold as well. Consider oh, this, my goodness. Consider this me buying into the uh, the secret organization. Oh, right. <laughs> this this rules. Okay, and, you're going to uh, be treasurer. Okay. <laughs> well, give me the gold back then. Well, no, I mean, I'm not. Nah, 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 nah. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues, friend. Yeah, Stevie, consider this uh, some fortune favor to you by Time Mora, please. Hey, Maybe fortune favors the gold, baby. <laughs> sure. I like this guy. I like you. Yeah. We should get a drink sometime. You want to get a drink sometime? Oh, <laughs> he killed the friendship. <laughs> I mean, I have just got... I mean, I'm trying to make friends with these guys first. I've just got persuaded to get faith. Sorry, Steve. Oh, very, very cool. All right. Well, uh, no new friends. He just runs away. Full <laughs> <laughs> <Go> on sprint. Full <laughs> on sprint. At Sir Urien's tomb, they encountered a strange old man inside who had a few questions for them before his form slowly dissipated before their eyes, as they moved throughout the tomb being careful to avoid deadly traps. They finally found themselves in what appeared to be Sir Urien's final resting place. Uh, you see before you a sarcophagus. Written on top, it says, Here lies Sir Urien the Red. 
uh, and next to it is a suit of armor, and uh, he the the suit of armor is holding uh, a long sword, uh, and the hilt does appear to be made out of a unicorn's horn. Oh, cool! Should we ask permission or something? Tell him what's up. Look for more traps. Up to you. It's very likely there's a trap on the somewhere around here. Uh, maybe I would try to ask permission unless Maxwell wants to do it as the leader. Oh no, no. All right. I think I think you're gonna be better off talking. I do have good I mean, I guess I'll roll something, even though I don't know if I'll be able to call I have plus five persuasion. So what I are think, you what are you trying to persuade? <laughs> if we could borrow uh Sir Urian's uh pommel. Uh, so far as we know there's nothing here, so we're just kind of yeah. asking the air. Fuck it, of. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Roll a persuasion right. check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. So I just like, hey, Sir Urian, this is a great tomb here. Uh, sorry that you died, but we have a really dire situation where we need sorry to. Sorry that you died. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, it really sucks. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm I rolled a 24. So if we could borrow your the pommel to your sword here, uh, I'll make sure it's returned. I give you my word, but we just need to cure some werewolves that are uh, over in Westrun. He rode a long way to find you. And to clarify, I believe we need the whole sword. Do we? I thought we just needed the horn. Yeah, but yeah. We, we might want to bring the sword blade, apart. Isn't it? Yeah, no, <laughs> the horn gonna, is yeah. a pommel. Oh, okay. But we might as well not break the blade. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good We're point. We're not going to deface it. We're going to return it with just a little bit taken from the pommel. Uh, you hear, hmm, interesting. And that figure that was sitting in that room before you, you now see appear on top of the tomb. I knew it. What an interesting group of people you all are. <laughs> it has been so long since I've had anyone to talk to in here. And you come in here talking to thin air now. Oh, you are fun. <laughs> That was very persuasive, though, right? It sure was. Would you have rather me just go and take it? Well, you see, I was going to fight you if you were just going to come in here and take it. But, um, hmm. I tell you what. Yeah, sure. You can just have my sword as long as you promise to bring it back. Yeah, I'll absolutely bring it back. Your sword, Certainly. so you it's... are Sir Urian. I am Sir Urian the Red, yes! Oh, well, it's nice to meet you. It's nice oh, to it's actually very nice to meet you as well. It's nice to actually be able to get consent for taking your sword, which I had some big, <laughs> big reservations about. Sure, yes, I had some reservations about you taking my sword as well. I wasn't sure. True. Of course, we have gotten extraordinarily lucky in being able to communicate perfectly. Uh, Faith pipes up and she's like, "Oh, wow." Sir Urian, I'm I'm a member of the Claret Order myself. My my mother is Mercy, and uh, a big smile comes upon his face. He says, "Oh, well, you don't look anything like her." <laughs> and he pauses funny. and pauses for a laugh. And I laugh. He says, <laughs> "Well, it, it's been a couple hundred years since I've been dead. I was comedies, <laughs> I guess, not my strong suit." <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Just the fact that you are you are a kindly person is such a relief. Here I was walking into this tomb thinking. Oh my god, we're messing with the dead. This isn't good. Some bad stuff's gonna happen to us. And then it's just kind of a nice, friendly, a, a joking person. It's just very well, nice. It's been, a, it's a, like I said, it's been a couple hundred years. No one really visits around my tomb. 
But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm called Sir Yuri in the Red for a reason. Uh, I killed a lot of people oh, in of my course. time. Sure, I'm, but who uh, among us hasn't? Am I right? <laughs> I mean, we have to do what we have to do. There's a way to do it with honor, you know. Are you guys That's done it. with the yes. small talk? Or? <laughs> well, the, the guy's I, been alone for hundreds of years. Let's give him yes, but there are people who are, time to kind of are people who are going to die soon because they're werewolves. Okay, that's a good point. Ooh, that is a good point. kind of an emergency on our hands. <laughs> Do you hmm. want anything else when we come back? Do you want me to bring you some gravy or like a burger or something? <laughs> um, well, no, as as a ghost, I don't really need to eat at all. Do you want um, like chess or something? Play with yourself? Oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Sure, yeah. Bring a chess set would be great. Are you able to? You're able to play with a chess set? Crap! Where are we gonna get a no. chess set? He was able to fight us. I think he's gonna be able to play with the chess set. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be able to fight you directly. I was going to inhabit my suit of armor and, and fight yeah. you through that. But and that would be a shame to damage that thing. It is Shut very it up, nice, you know? isn't it? It is, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, are we done with this model? Um, do you guys want any of my treasure? Well, if you don't need it, I mean, if it's on offer, I mean, yeah, I mean, what am sure. I gonna do with it? I'm dead, and he kind of like moves to the side, <laughs> and uh, the the stone pillar that was behind his tomb kind of opens up, and he's like, "You can go through there. Everything I was buried with is behind me in this room." Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Dude, you are cool as hell. I just want to say. Hey, man, I'm I'm having a great time. I can't believe your friend rolled so high with his persuasion. I I wasn't planning this thing going this way at all, but this is great. And now that I know that you're friends with my friend Mercy, yeah, you could go ahead and have all my treasure. Sure. With the blessing of Sir Urian, they retrieved his sword and promised to bring it back, along with that enchanted chess set, so that he would have something to occupy his time with in this lonely afterlife. But as the crew left the tomb, they had discovered that their horses had gone missing, and they followed the tracks left behind to see that they were captured by an orc and some goblins. A combat ensued, with our heroes emerging victorious, and they freed a captive dark elf the orc had put in a cage nearby. The elf was a rather cryptic figure who had mentioned he had just come from a town that sounded very familiar to them. Still Ben. The elf had told them that some rather strange things were going on in this city, including an influx of werewolf attacks. When pressed further, however, the elf grew shifty and he flew away without warning. With the sword in hand, though, and another clue mentioning Still Ben, the party took their horses and headed back towards Westron. Upon arrival, they gave the magical sword to Mercy, who set off for the prison in order to cure the innocent young men of their werewolf affliction. While back in the city, Maxwell had an intensely vivid dream, where he was visited by his enigmatic eldritch patron and offered a boon, a magical weapon called Shade Eater. It's an uneasy night of trying to rest for you, Max. You toss and turn a bit and just can't seem to find a position comfortable enough to sleep and you generally feel restless. But, eventually, you find yourself slowly drifting out of consciousness. Your eyelids feel heavy and close for a bit, but then you open them one last time. And you aren't where you were. Instead of looking up at the ceiling of the Two Crowns Tavern, you now see a sunless, dark gray and green sky, reminiscent of like what the sky might look like after an atomic bomb drops. 
The air around you is acrid and dry, and any time you try to breathe it in, you almost choke on it due to how badly the toxicity stings your throat. But you fight through it and get up to start walking. Surveying the area, you're surrounded by ruined stone buildings that have been destroyed by what looks like centuries of harsh winds weathering them down. Sand and dust kick up all around you, and this place seems totally devoid of any sort of life or color. And as you're wandering around for a bit, you notice ahead of you what seems to be a large set of stairs that ascend impossibly high, and at the top sits a throne of some sort which you feel compelled almost against your will to walk towards. Now, As you reach the bottom of the stairs, you notice that at the foot of them is a dais, and you see that laying upon the dais is a broken hilt. The grip is wrapped in fine dark leathers, and the guard resembles almost two raven-like wings. As you wrap your hand around the hilt, it feels almost entirely weightless in your hand. You move it around a bit, and as you do, from where the blade should be, shadows start to form and coalesce into a dagger shape that sit for a moment, and then the shadows look to harden into a solid blade of dark metal, sort of onyx or obsidian in color and form. You touch the point of the dagger, and it's definitely sharp to the touch as it pricks your finger and a bit of blood begins to ooze out. Soon, the blade turns into shadows again and starts extending into the form of a short sword. Eventually, the shadows thin and extend a little longer to a very fine point resembling a rapier, then expanding out wide and thick into a battle axe as the hilt itself lengthens in your hand as you grasp it with your other. You swing the axe around, and it's a strange sensation, as it still feels almost totally weightless in your hands, but the axe cuts heavy against the wind, making a heavy whooshing sound as if it were made of sharp steel. And then, the shadows leave, swirling and ascending the stairs in front of you, taking the shape of a humanoid atop the throne. The figure is amorphous, and it's hard to make out any gender or discernible features, but you feel as if it is staring directly at you. And then, you hear a voice. Hello, Maxwell. Do you like the boon we've granted you? Yes, it's very, very fine. Thank you. We have been watching you for a very long time with great interest. We are interested in you. Tell us, what do you seek in life? Uh, hmm, I, I suppose I, I might as well be true to myself and to you, because I'm sure you can tell, but uh, I seek riches, I seek fame, I seek fortune, I seek my father's respect, most of all. Yes, we understand this. We can help grant you all of these things. That in your hands is called Shade Eater. We think we can be a very powerful force in this world, Maxwell Fund, as long as you continue on the path you walk. Though, we do not grant our powers for free. Are you willing to sacrifice? Well, of course. You're not going to give me something for free, I understand that. Now, my companions, two of them at least, are very keen towards the light, and I'm afraid we, we may come up against trouble if, if what you want me to do is to too onerous, too dark. Of course. What, what, what exactly do you have planned? All will be revealed in time. Do not worry about your friends. We will see to it. Now, 
You wake up in your bed with a start, sweating and out of breath. As you gather your senses and try to make sense of the dream you just had, you then feel a sharp, stinging pain in your hand as you look down and see the hilt of Shade Eater gripped so tightly that it has cut into your palm and blood is now pouring out of it. Instinctually, you drop the hilt, but before it can clamor to the ground, it magically appears in your other hand. And as you look at the hand that is bleeding, you notice that the blood starts getting sucked back into the wound. When suddenly, a searing pain shoots throughout your entire body as the gash in your palm begins to cauterize itself with a thick, black smoke and shadow. Behind is left a scar that looks like the wing of a raven. Feeling truly lucky to still be alive, Pick took time out to visit her old mentor at the temple she used to serve. There, she officially re-swore the Paladin Oath of the Ancients to pledge and devote her life to the goddess of good fortune, Timora. Uh, you see a uh, small halfling woman, um, brown hair tied up into, into some little buns on her hair, on her head, and um, wearing a nice, uh, finely made robe with, with silver in it. And uh, she sees you approach, and, and she gets off her little chair, and she says, Well, pick. I um, didn't expect to see you again. Yeah, hey, little one. You can see I'm wearing my my armor again. I do see that. It's, um, I had heard about what happened in the mines. I was I was quite worried. I thought you didn't make it. I, I had heard that not survived. No, I think I think Timora intervened. My mining helmet that I'm wearing kind of flashed in the right direction. Do you think that sounds like something she would do? It does seem like perhaps she did spare you and sit you back on your path. Yeah, I think I'm back. Back in the saddle. Good to have you back. What can I do for you? We, I, I found a little gang of adventurers that were investigating the mine, I guess while I was in it and crawling out, and uh, we've been rolling around with them. Uh, we found a, a, a tomb of a benevolent spirit. Hmm. He really helped us out to try and cure. Did you hear about the werewolves? I did hear about that attack, yes. Yeah, we're, we're trying to cure those two werewolves that, uh, did the attack and uh this guy loaned us his sword is with a unicorn pommel wow very very cool do you th he seems lonely do you think we could have some every so often sure is he a follower of Taimora? no i don't think so but just seemed very lonely and i think he would like it it seems like a, a very nice gesture perhaps yes we can send follower out there every every few weeks or so, make sure he's kept company. Do you need an offering? He was very generous with uh, with me, with uh, some of his treasures. Do we need an offering? Yeah. I'm kind of rusty on the paladin stuff. I'm not really sure no, no. Uh, how this goes. Of course not. But are you back in the order? Yeah, I, I think Yeah, I think Timora wants me to be and I think uh, the good fortune that she put granted on me, I could grant to other people in need. I think that I, I, f I find out that you have to make your own luck a little bit and Timora can smile upon you when you're ready. She smiles. Come into the shrine. And she gestures to lead cool. you inside. Um, you, you go inside. Again, it's a very small shrine and um, familiar to you. You've spent many of your formative years inside here. It takes you up to the altar where there are some candles lit. And she says, Pick, please, Neil. Do you swear to kindle the light through your acts of mercy? kindness and forgiveness kindle the light of hope in the world 
beating back despair. Do you swear? Yes, I swear. Do you swear to shelter the light, where there is good, beauty, love, and laughter, and stand against the wickedness that would swallow, where life flourishes, stand against the forces that would render it barren? Do you swear? Yes, I swear. Do you swear to preserve your own light, delight in song and laughter, beauty and art? If you allow the light to die in your own heart, you cannot preserve it in the. Do you swear? Yes, I swear. Do you swear to be the light, be a glorious beacon for all who live in despair? Let the light of your joy and courage shine forth. Do you swear? Yeah, I swear. By the oath of the ancients, I pronounce you, Lady Pick of Timora, rise and bring this light to the world. And she does a, a, a blessing of you. And as you finish taking your oath, you feel inside of your chest pick this radiant energy just start beaming through you. Uh, an energy that you haven't felt in a very long time. And it, it feels good. It feels warm. And you feel once again the embrace of Timor. Does my mining helmet flicker or anything? It does. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So I'll, I'll mark on the map where the Sir Urian's temple is, maybe. Great. Or do, tomb, rather. Great. We will. I will certainly send someone out there. It's good to have you back, Pick. Thanks, Lowen. You're welcome. Soon after this, the group was approached by Maxwell's father, Philip Fun, as well as being a very prominent trade baron who oversees nearly all of the lumbering services in and around the city of Western. Philip Fun was a particularly stern and austere wood elf, who never showed much emotion towards anything, much less his son. Max's father had asked his son to look into a situation regarding some druids that were squatting on some of his lands, preventing lumber operations. Maxwell said he would check it out in hopes of gaining some approval in his father's eyes. When the group reached the grove of the druids, the druids spun them a tale about how the land they were protecting was sacred to them and that there was some dark corruption happening. But they found this to be a lie and that the druids had actually been performing sacrifices in order to open a portal to the plain of the Feywild. After defeating the druids, Ka found this portal at the bottom of the pond that lay nearby and all of them had resolved to go through the other side of this strange, interdimensional doorway. A brief detour of an adventure took place in this bizarre and alien land that found them being tricked and confounded any way they turned in order to secure passage back to their homeworld. A fey elf by the name of Lady Rhymehard had snatched them up in a scheme of hers in order to defeat a rival. But before the group could intervene, Lady Rhymehard opened a portal beneath their feet and sent them back to their own plane of existence. And though they had spent a few days in the Feywild, when they got back home, they discovered that not even a minute had gone by in their world, and that Kaw had his entire memory wiped of the adventure. Now with their Feywild adventures behind them, Maxwell, Pick, Dump, and Kaw retrieved their reward from Philip, and then met up with Mercy for a dinner she had prepared for them. Mercy congratulated the group on their successful quest to retrieve Sir Urian's sword and offered them all formal membership into the Claret Order. Pick, Kaw, and Maxwell all accepted, while Dump refrained, but he committed to stay along and help defeat Lord Sebastian von Sorensen. They all settled on a plan of action to head towards Stilben and discover what was indeed going on in that city and if there were any ties to the vampire lord they were investigating. 
The entire group set off the next day for a two-week journey and had many strange and wonderful mini-adventures along the way, including a run-in with a young bronze dragon and an encounter with a mercenary band and their hostage that our heroes managed to free without any bloodshed. At two days before reaching their destination, the crew stopped to rest and gather potential information in the tiny swamp hamlet of Muckridge. Here, they had discovered that this hamlet was under a curse from a witch that lived deep in the swamp. The gang was able to defeat the hag and her sister and break the curse, but at a price. The hamlet's leader committed suicide and guilt for playing a role in the curse being placed upon the people he was sworn to serve. With Muckridge being freed, our heroes hit the road again, and after another two days journey, all had finally arrived in Stilben and were to meet with a contact of Mercy's, a man named Florian. When they went to the tavern he was supposed to be at, however, Florian was nowhere to be found. Instead, Max encountered a hooded figure in the corner of the tavern, drinking alone in the shadows. Sir, would you mind uh, having a word with me? It seems as though that's not something you would like, but if you wouldn't mind talking to me, I would love to. Please have a seat. Yes. Okay. I like this guy's voice. Uh, Let me introduce myself. My name is Maxwell Fun, and uh, I've heard a a lot of uh, strange stories about what is going on here in the city of Stillben. What is going on? Oh, I don't know. What have you heard? Uh, All right. Stories about werewolves going around. There's stories about uh, the mayor. I don't remember 100%, but there was something crazy about the mayor. You Have he you heard died. anything about the mayor? Oh, yeah, the mayor died. That's right. I, I suddenly remember the mayor died. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly terrible. I'm, I must say I'm new to Stillben myself. Ah, so you haven't heard anything? No, I've, oh, I've heard quite a bit. Oh, so what kind of stuff have you been hearing? Well, much like you have, there seems to be some dark figures at work here. Yeah, that sucks. Does I mean, suck. I don't like dark figures. I'm, if you do, that's cool, but... <laughs> oh, I don't mind them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I, as I said, I don't like them. As like, eh, I don't know if that's true, but... <laughs> they have their uses. <laughs> werewolves, werewolves suck, though, that's for sure. Yes, they do. That is certainly a terrible thing. Yeah. Have you seen any werewolves? <laughs> I have seen some werewolves, yes. Yeah, me too. I saw one, the, you know, day before yesterday, actually. Wow. And yeah, you made it through. Yeah. How hearty of an adventurer you are. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, what have you been up to lately? Oh, <laughs> you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Maxwell you Fun, me. you said your name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you may you have heard my, to, my dad, um, yeah. My the, dad. the trade baron Philip Fun. Philip Fun, yep. Trade Baron. That's the dead. I, I've recently had an encounter with another of your family members. Oh, yeah. I heard about, um, what, what was her name? Minerva. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had recently had a run-in with a werewolf herself, yes? Runs in the family, I guess. Mm, terrible shame. Yeah. She was quite delicious. Uh-huh. What the fuck? At this point, you notice this voice is kind of familiar to you. And as you're staring this guy down, oh, no. uh, you lean in a little bit closer and see tight skin pulled against the, the skull. Uh, oh, it's the foot's pale. fucking barren. See uh, long black hair with a little bit of graying on the temples. This is the face of Lord Sebastian von Sorensen. 
Well, hey there, bud. Oh, shit. <sighs> Good thing I have garlic. <laughs> you guys aren't there. This is, this is just... <laughs> yeah, I know. We're having such a nice conversation, too. Jeez. Hello, So yeah, that's uh that's gonna do it for this sort of recap episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. If you have been listening for a long time, thank you for continuing to listen. Um, we'll be picking up again with the main story next week. If you're a new listener, maybe just checking this recap episode out for the first time. Um, I hope you continue to listen. We finished wrapping up the the previous episode that you had just heard. Uh, last week uh, we recorded that before the new year so now we already have um, a few sessions backlogged under our belt and uh, there is a lot of very cool and interesting fun stuff that is still to come uh, really excited for everybody to hear it um, thank you <clears throat> new and old listeners anybody um, feedback has been very positive for this uh, and it's very cool uh, you can if you're interested follow um, we're on social media. Uh, Cliff is on Twitter at Nevada, N-E-V-A-W-A. Uh, Greggy, of course, is at the Greggiest. And uh, Andrew Bear, please. Um, he is on Twitter at Hey Folks, I'm Bear. Um, but if for nothing else, if you never listen to this show again, please go to his Bandcamp and support him. He does all the original music for the show. He is an insanely uh, talented and uh, a wonderful composer and he does other music as well so please check him out uh, Andrew Bear on Bandcamp uh, consider supporting him so uh, yeah that's uh, that's about oh, oh yeah I'm on Twitter as well at Joe McGurl M-C-G-U-R-L not I-R-L uh, elementary school bullies uh, can so, yeah like tweet at us say hi uh, maybe you have like an idea for an npc that you want to see in the game i don't know you can tweet at me maybe it's like a former character you played in DD that you'd like to see in the game tweet it at me i'll try and uh, uh shoehorn them in um yeah that that would be cool uh consider uh supporting podcasts are wonderful on patreon there is a patreon page um $5 tier gets you uh, unedited uh, raw feed of all the sessions we play. Uh, we do a very good bit for every time we record when we say hello to the recording bot. Uh, and you don't want to miss that. So, uh, And you also get uh, bonus episodes, lots of other uh, great content for podcasts are wonderful. Consider uh, supporting the Patreon. Uh, and please leave a uh, positive or negative uh, review. We would prefer positive, please. Uh, review on iTunes or Stitcher for podcasts are wonderful. It really does help out uh, a great a great deal. So yeah, I think that's all I've got. I'm gonna stop rambling now, and um, I look forward to more great content 
<laughs> from me i don't know I, re- I look forward to you guys hearing the rest of what we, we we've got coming so uh look what happens when i don't have a script in front of me i'm just babbling like an idiot uh yeah all right see you next week bye